Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Oh, hello and welcome to the China Shop, folks. Come on inside, sit back, relax, get a drink. I'm shopkeeper Dan, and with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing good. Enjoying my drink and my photos that I got of your clean, clean car. Oh, that's right. I had to clean my car for the bet. Like, really clean. <laughs> it is feeling like I'm driving around in a rental car right now, and... Like somebody came in and took all my stuff. Doesn't doesn't that feel good though? Does it feel good to be clean? To to drive around in another man's car or woman? No, to drive around in a clean vehicle. Uh no. Did you put air fresheners in there too or no? No, no, not yet. I probably will. Just not to, yet. Just yeah, for you the, the next next set of pictures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what I'm most concerned about is that was my poor man's car theft deterrent. Is no oh. one broke into my car? No one ever looked at my. They'd look in the windows and be like, "Whoa, yeah, walk away from that guy lives in his car." And now that's gone. Now, if so, if my car gets stolen, Kyle, I'm not filing on the insurance. <laughs> I'm coming to you. <laughs> you think that that would be less of a deterrent than you think? Because if a guy is living in his car, then that's where all his stuff is. No, they don't want to. Like, they can't take it to the chop shop to sell it. They'd have to clean it first. Oh, no, but if they want to break in and steal your shit. I, the old, literally, and this is, this is, this is not a, just a joke. I mean, it is funny, but literally the only times my car has been broken into is when it's been clean. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact of my life. <laughs> oh, that's mm -hmm. hilarious. All mm -hmm. right, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean for the bet consequence to be Dan gets his car stolen. Well... <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened yet and i am well insured now now that all my stuff is out of it if my car gets stolen it's less of a big deal i guess so that's a point for kyle yeah. <laughs> you know what you could do is just take the old pictures of what it looked like before you cleaned it and just tape them to your windows when you're not in there there you go there you go <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> come on yeah. into the shop with us <laughs> sit back relax rage against the stock market machine Rage, hedge against the rage machine, rage against the hedge machine. The rage, yeah. just, just <laughs> as long as there's raging and hedging in stocks and some sort of machine, we're good. Oh, Hulk man. smash, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to any new listeners just joining us. We're here to smash our way into a complete set of fine China. Uh, you know, we're, we're just hanging out, sharing our our strategies for, for trying to maximize gains and, and cut our losses. So if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you might want to start out on our Knowledge Center on FinancialIneptitude.com, or you can give our beginning trading episode a listen. We'll have those links in the episode descriptions. Uh, we also, we've got another beginning trading episode that we're going to be recording. We have scheduled comedian Eddie Pence for April 25th. Ooh, yes. He said yes. yes. Yes, you he got said a date? yes. We got a date. We got a time. Oh, that's We're awesome! Doing the call. Uh, so Eddie Pence from the Ralph Report. Yes, from the or Ralph. Is this Report. like another Eddie Pence that you just found on the street? It's, it's a random one. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he he is the co-host of the Ralph Report. Uh, he's a really funny guy, and he knows nothing about stock trading and investing. So oh, good. We'll get along great. It's going to be a really good time. <laughs> it, it, even if you're not a beginner, you'll you'll have a good time listening to that episode. Uh, so we can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and as always, if you're new here in the shop, check out our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day. It's really just an awesome place to be. And uh, when you do join, send us a private message, an email, or a phone call with your mailing address, and we'll send you a smash-it-yourself mug straight from the shop. We're just yes. so glad you're here. We have a lot of fun. It's always better with friends. And uh, welcome to the shop. We got such a great show to, for you today. Uh, and I already spoiled a little bit of the show news. Kyle, we got any other show news going on? Oh, we just did our first ever month-end review. Um, so if you're trying to catch up, 
Uh, those are another good one to, to listen to also. We'll put the links. We'll put that in the episode description as well, the link to that. Yes, yeah. We started doing a monthly wrap-up of all our guests and all the things that, that we learned re- recap for the month. It, it's been valuable for both of us. We hope uh, it's valuable for you too. All right, should we just jump right in? Oh, I think we should, because we've got a rousing, mystical, electric show for you today. Plenty of market-moving news, stocks on the radar, and more options than a Mormon at the marriage store. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, I liked that one. I do, too. <laughs> and, and please, folks, reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook and TikTok on Discord. Uh, we just adore them. If you're old school, you can send us an email at twobulls at financialineptitude.com or give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you just got caught up in a John Wick-style situation and you want to share (laughs) how much you love your dog. Doesn't matter. We love it when you reach out. killed his dog. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, too, if anybody gives us any sort of rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, any sort of review that you leave out, I don't even care what it says, I guarantee you that we will read it. Yeah. So there's your free pass to make Dan or Kyle say Something. whatever you want. <laughs> Something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the more ridiculous, the better, please. In fact, I might be leaving one for Dan just to see how that goes. <laughs> oh, you bastard. Oh. oh. Well, with great glee on that note, I say let's talk about the bet. Okay, fine. Yeah. Now, while I lost March... Uh, I'm heading into April feeling pretty good because Kyle's going to have to start us off. Kyle, what was your pick? I had Schnitzer Steel, S-C-H-N. They opened at $43.60. They had their earnings on Wednesday. The earnings were fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Almost 50% on top of the consensus. And it didn't matter. Nope. Uh, I think it had to do with some of the infrastructure resistance that the Republicans are mounting um, as far as what was hyping that stock to begin with, but it ended up closing the week out at $39.41, um, which I actually, I was re- I was really lucky because I think I was about maybe 15 cents away from the stop loss, which would have hurt even more because it did recover a little bit. Yeah, on, on Thursday after the earnings, I, I saw that. That did. It was close. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went from my shiny new 500 down to $451.95. Ooh. But that's okay. That's okay. Because uh, as everyone knows, I like to strike at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like to handicap myself by, by picking something terrible. Right. And then going for broke at the end. Right. Well, you know, it's well known you're better at picking these than me so you like to give me three weeks to get ahead so you can pick yeah, that big exactly. one yeah mm-hmm. that's exactly yeah, I've noticed what i'm that. doing i've noticed yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> what did you have dan uh i had fbhs embarrassingly don't remember what that stock ticker stands for i thought it was a facebook high school but that's not right <laughs> <laughs> fbhs fortune brands home and security they opened at they closed the week at $100.69 for a healthy uh, two and a half ish gain. Uh, le- took my fresh 500 up to $512.36. Yeah, it's, I'm still within striking distance. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling too comfortable. Uh, we were talking before the show. I'm not feeling, yeah, that's not enough. You're, you're in striking <laughs> distance. Like, well, you're one Tesla pick week away. I know, right? <laughs> How'd our random do? Our random uh, MRTN, Martin, whatever, <laughs> uh, opened at 1737 closed the week at $17.60, brings the random up to $506.62. So, Wait, what happened? I thought, it was, I thought it was down all week. It was, and then it turned around on Friday. I guess I should have paid attention to something more than just the stocks that I'm trying to specialize in. Uh, uh, so we're going to make another bet at the end of the show, and uh, stick around for that. And in the meantime, remember, uh, you can always play along. You can make a bet, post on Discord, email the show, call in, get us your bet. Uh, if, 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 you, if you can't get it in quick enough for this week, get it for next week. 
uh, it's always more fun with friends. And uh, that, Kyle, that's going to bring us up to our Twitter poll results. All right. Last week, we asked whether the people thought pot would be decriminalized within the next 18 months or, you know, before mm -hmm. the midterm elections. Uh, I got a 64% saying yes, 29% no, and a 7% who doesn't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of discussion on that, yeah. I yeah. think you, you were talking to one of the listeners about, about some of the obstacles that it had to overcome. Yeah, yeah, they were saying no, and I was arguing, like, no, money is bipartisan. People are going to see all them dollars and not care. I thought he made a great point with uh, the, the moderate republic or not moderate, the moderate Democrats that aren't quite there yet, and then also he brought up Biden's history opposing it for mm -hmm. 50 mm -hmm. years or whatever. He's been a senator. Yeah, that's what made me like, upset is, is he made so many good points. Oh, uh, don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, so let's uh, move on to some news. All right, let's do it. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the fools and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop News. So, uh, Kyle, I, I, I heard you, you were just talking something about uh, Schnitzer Steel and some infrastructure stuff that might have played into it falling. What's going on there? First of all, there's a stalemate within the Republicans. Uh, they're firmly entrenched against it. Yeah, they, they don't want to spend that much money. They don't want to spend that much money. They don't want to see corporate taxes hiked. Uh, they, they don't like any of it. In fact, even I think at one point, um, Who's the who used to be the Senate Majority Leader? Um, Mitch McConnell. What's that guy's name? Mitch McConnell from he's from Kentucky, right? Kentucky, yes, sir. Yeah, he actually came out and said that, or did like a big speech to Congress saying that that big business has no place in politics. <laughs> this wasn't to do with the infrastructure. This is more something else. But I just <laughs> no, their money's fine. When they spend their money, yeah. that's protected speech. But if they use their speech, they need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, quite bizarre. Uh, I don't think oh. that had anything to do with the infrastructure, though. But uh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious too. Oh god, <laughs> whoa, people whoa, actually whoa. questioning him about that too. Like, wait a minute, you've you've been voting all this time to take more money from to stop putting right. caps on corporate donations, and like, how do you reconcile that? He's like, well, that's different. They're not alienating their customer base. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to infrastructure. That's fucking funny. Republicans oh, yeah. are against it. And then there's also a, a wing of the Democrats, the more liberal side of them, that want more in the infrastructure bill about climate. They want more climate control stuff. Mm, mm -hmm. So it's not good enough for them. Yeah. But the problem is mm. they're going to need, you know, 60, 40 vote in order to pass this thing uh, in the Senate. And yeah, that's just not going to happen. At least not the way things are right now. So unless they can figure out some kind of compromise, which if history has been an indication of that, uh, probably not going to happen. So yeah, uh, infrastructure seems to be running into some roadblocks. Is that a pun? I think that's a good pun. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see how they, they figure out how to work around that. Uh, if they start piecemealing this thing and, and doing it, forcing it through with budget reconciliation, uh, I mean, that's just not a great look for the u.s as a whole no not at all yeah not at all uh, uh well speaking of trying not to get political let's talk about that amazon warehouse union vote <laughs> oh yeah there you go so what happened with that i thought i saw the majority of workers voted for it on an article that popped up uh i didn't read through it but i guess it didn't pass i loaded up uh, an article from uh uh Gadget last night uh that that says that uh according to cnbc approximately 1700 of the more than 3000 employees who took part in the election voted against unionization hmm. so where we're at now is the uh, national labor relations board is the one that counts them they still have to finish counting and between the union side and the amazon side they're about 500 challenge ballots so they, wow. they, there's going to be an actual like ballot fight to see uh what happened <laughs> it's huh. uh it's it's pretty wild and this is this is like less than one percent of amazon's uh almost one million employees work there at this point right well i mean it's going to be the what do they say dominoes one falls and 
right? And the the rest follows suit. I gotta I gotta say that I I totally understand when when you get in reports of like peed in bottles and shitting in bags, like working conditions right. aren't great. And, yeah. But I also uh, having run my own uh, small business and working at a small business i also under you know in in management at a small business i also understand mm-hmm. you've got to be able to hi- you're hiring somebody to do a thing you tell them what that thing is and how much you're going to pay them like the idea of then like them coming to you and saying yeah but i think the job should be this right yeah that feels wrong to me as well right like so the- the th- it's tough. The other side of that, I mean, the reason why I dislike working in places that are unionized is just that it creates this environment where management and the hourly just don't work together. It, you know, it creates this environment where they're always, it's an us against them mentality. It, it forces the divide. But also, I can, like you said, if you're shitting in bags and peeing in bottles because you can't take a fucking lunch break, uh, <laughs> right? You know, that's wrong. an issue too. <laughs> yeah, so that's got to get fixed too. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I can see both sides of this argument. So, regardless of whether they manage to unionize or not, looking forward, I think the big solution to the problem is automated factory workers. Is is basically robots. Uh, they're going to get robots to do most of these jobs. And then those robots, if robots are peeing in bottles and shitting in bags, we've got a really big problem. I think we're more worried about something else than at that point. <laughs> Who put all these nuts and bolts in this bag? It's supposed to be candy. What is Alabama as far as their labor laws there? Are they a union state or are they a right to work? I, I don't know. I'm assuming because... I would assume they're a right to work because of what they're voting on. If they do actually unionize, is there a chance that Amazon just goes in there and shuts down the factory? Are they that much against it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Alabama does have a right to work law. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense if they're not already union Mm. and voting to it. I I think, obviously, they've got to get their their problems uh, addressed, but I think the long-term game that Amazon is going to be playing is, is going with robots. The moment a robot can take your job, it will. Yeah. And that includes me and Kyle. The moment robots can, can make stock trading podcasts, we're gone. We're not going to have a show anymore. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Welcome to the China <laughs> shop. <laughs> uh, so you made the point about the, the future of robotics in Amazon. What, what do you think is, is more harmful to the, the future of the employees yep. there? Uh, voting to unionize and, and the threat of Amazon's retaliation or just the future of robotics in general? Yeah. Well, I think that would make a fantastic Twitter poll, Kyle. I think you're right. I think we should throw a couple other options on there. Uh, Biggest threat to Amazon workers right now. Uh, Not unionizing. Not unionizing or unionizing. Uh, Robot. Robotic replacements. How about just Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos. <laughs> borderline <laughs> borderline villain already. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and drinking from the wrong bottle. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I love it. All right, that's it. Twitter poll! There'll be a link to that in the episode description. Vote. <laughs> uh, all right, what, uh, what other news you got for us, Kyle? Uh, I wanted to quickly talk about GameStop uh, finally doing what we all knew was going to happen, and uh, yes. Ryan Cohen has been appointed the chairman. Uh, I didn't know it was going to happen, but I know you sure were talking about it forever. I had to know that something like this was happening. They're going to put Ryan Cohen in charge of something. I gave him, I guess, the board. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> he's he's is, chairman of the board? Yeah. That means he's in charge of the group that picks the CEO and CFO and CEO. Ah, okay. All right. So that's better than being the CEO. Well, it's different, but yeah, you know, you might you <laughs> might call the chairman of the board the the CEO's boss. That's who the CEO would report to. Hey, isn't isn't in our structure? Aren't I the CEO and you're the chairman? You are the CEO. Yeah, you're the head of the the company. You run in the company. I'm just the chairman of the board. So you report to me. I wonder why you're so eager to make that agreement. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Hey, hey, you said you wanted to be CEO, and I said, okay, I'll just be chairman of the board. You went along with it. I didn't say I wanted to be. I said that we can only write one name down on there. Do you want it to be yours or mine? (laughs) Oh, it's my fault I took business classes? Yeah. So, Ryan Cohen, chairman of uh, GameStop's board now. Uh, stock, not reacting the way we hoped. 
I guess that just goes to that old adage of what buy the rumors, sell the news. Is that an adage? I think Sean said that in our Discord at one point. Uh, I like it. Yeah. It, it definitely applies here. It makes sense, too, because the idea of something is always better than the actuality of it. Right, right. Like when you finally get that date with that girl that you've had your eye on, and then, you know, she's got that laugh that just like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> or man hands, or is it Two-Face? For our Seinfeld fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like good man hands. It feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, where? <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, GME, Melvin Capital rang up a 49% first quarter loss this year. Nice. The <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. The reaction on Reddit was 51% to go. <laughs> can, <laughs> can we play our, our F the Heads fun song right here? Yeah, let's play, yeah, let's get that out there. Huh, a young trader on the wall path. And when I'm finished, there's gonna be some real cash. From funds, crying all the way. Anyway, got something to say. Fuck the hedge funds. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that was made everybody cry. Fifty-one percent. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one last thing to throw out there, and I'll make it quick. Then, yeah, let's let's wrap us up, Kyle. What's your last story? AMD and Zlinx. Remember the the buyout? I guess was that a AMD acquiring Zlinx? Uh, the merger just went to the shareholders for vote. It was overwhelmingly approved, which I thought was kind of interesting that the shareholders were so so for it when all the analysts at the time of this uh, this merger was coming out were very anti it. Yeah, they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. They didn't think that there is any good synergy between the companies. They thought AMD overpaid. They didn't think it would help them with their plans to eat into Intel's server market share. But no, uh, shareholders have spoken. They love it. Right? The people that own the company are okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And it really goes to show the limit of what analysts can do for us as an as a, as traders and investors. Yeah. You know, they they're just giving their opinion ultimately. Now, it's it's generally an informed opinion, but as we've seen from people like Jim Cramer, you don't always know that the purpose of their that communication is to inform you. It might be to disinform right. you. Well, here's here's the Another interesting thing when you're speaking of analysts and, and just, I mean, there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. You were just talking uh, this morning before we started this call about there being like seven different articles that popped up about how a correction is coming. Yes, yes. Seven different stories. Yeah. I've seen those stories popping up basically throughout this entire bull run. So I think the job of an analyst really is just to put as much information out there as possible mm. because some of them are going to be right, right? Yeah. And when you're right, you can say, look where how right I was on this one. I called this. I called this drop in. Like you see a lot of articles that pop up with the headline, the man who called the crash of you know 2008 says this. Well, if you're putting out an article saying we're going to crash every week when it finally happens, that's the only one that everyone remembers. Somebody's going to be right. Yeah. <laughs> How many times was he wrong? That's what, that's what you need to look at. I, I actually have a great uncle who used to do a betting newsletter. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he, did, he did his on the up and up. He, he, would, he would put out his own picks. But uh, right. he, he, he confided that the, the way most of them make money is they'll send out a thousand, like, like if there's a set of football games, you mm -hmm. know, there, there's a football game, they'll send out a thousand tips to 500 people. They say, the Eagles are going to win. And the other 500 people, they say, the Oilers are going to win. And uh, so to half the people that got their newsletter after the game, they're like, hey, they called it right. Right. Oh, that's tricky. Right? Right? I'd like to point out, too, that if you, if you look at our uh, pick'em list that we do, where we try to throw out stocks that we think are going to do well, yep. uh, we actually have a hall of shame. Yes, we do. For our picks. <laughs> <laughs> where when they do terribly, we tell you about them because we think it's funny. <laughs> right well because because it, it's all about honesty and yeah and we're we're trying to genuinely learn and and part of that as we know from the rules on the wall is logging everything including your losses mm -hmm. and we got to share and we share those with you openly and honestly because we're not we're not trying to sell some shady bet list <laughs> we don't have an image to uphold <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> uh, what are you talking oh, about kyle i never lost a thousand dollars trading silver options you're crazy <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no shit. I didn't blow three grand on AMD calls. That never, the money. never. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, <laughs> before we move on to stocks, though, I would like to take a moment to talk about how Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Good. I'm going to pee while you do that. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience and has helped thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgage. Sue will help. She's now licensed in 26 states and growing. That's right, 26, not 25 anymore. 26. Working on 27 right now. So reach out, see what Sue can do for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520. 520- 977-7904 or in an email you can reach her at spullen s-p-u-l-l-e-n at fairwaymc.com fairway independent mortgage has an mls number of 2289 sue pullen has an mls number of 206048 that email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com and that phone number is not 520-977-7904 see what sue can do for you i gotta ask you dan how distracting was it hearing me pee while you read that? Not very. What was distracting was when you started talking to tell me <laughs> oh, tips okay. about uh, what to say. That's, that, was, that was distracting. It just occurred to me that was the first time I did that and took my phone with me. <laughs> no, I took my <laughs> headphones off. And go. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry about that. All right. Well, Kyle, you know that, that uh, it's time for some stocks. Uh, yeah. Are we still calling it stocks or are we going to, we're going to switch this up a little bit? I just made new tunes. You want me to make new tunes again? I have a couple good ideas that I think you should do. You are lucky, my friend, that I love making new tunes. All right. We don't have them ready yet though, do we? No, we we don't. We don't because, uh, I I was, I wasn't even prepared for this change. Why don't you tell us about uh, how we're going to evolve this? All right. Well, since, uh, as we keep going through this, we keep finding that the stocks and options trades that we make are kind of interchangeable now at this point point was the last time you bought shares without selling a put to acquire them well this week but i bought the shares so i could sell a call (laughs) okay so you're doing a cover call at that point yeah so yeah it gets really hard to try to talk about some of these things when you have to split it up between stocks i purchased the stocks and then i sold the call in the next segment it's because our understanding of what an option is has grown to be wait an options is a stock trading contract it's just trading the stock ahead of time that's all Right. So they really are ultimately all the same thing. I think going forward, what we should do, because we had some discussion on investing versus trading. I mm-hmm. think we should break up the segments that way. Investing will be things that we're long on that we want to hold and keep forever. And then trading is where we can talk about all the other stuff that we're doing that may or may not be working for us. Uh, as the guy who sold his long positions to play the wheel, I feel like that's a personal dig at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting ready to sell some of my holdings to be able to do more of my options tradings. Um, <laughs> but we can talk about that and we get to trading, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I think, I, think that, I think that's great. And it, it will actually force me... In order to keep the show honest, I'll have to start moving back into some long-term positions that I don't, I won't actually sell. Uh, just so I'll have something to talk about. I think that that should be the case anyway. We've talked about investing being the surefire way to, to do this. What was the quote I saw from Buffett that nobody liked on Twitter? <laughs> the reason why nobody copies Warren Buffett is because nobody wants to get rich slowly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's yeah. not. It's not sexy. It's not overnight. You know. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you're accumulating. Oh, in twenty years, you're going to be wealthy. Okay. Right. Well, what am I going to do today? Yeah, I want I it want now. That con- I want I'm an American. Instant <laughs> yeah. satisfaction, motherfuckers. Making me wait for something's like saying I don't deserve it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Calvin and Hobbes. Anyway, all right, Dan. So, what do you have for investing? Here we come, trading on the street. Get the craziest gains from when we're in too deep. Hey, hey, we're just two bulls, smashing through a china shop. We're so glad you joined us. And now it's time to talk about investing. Well, mine's going to be really short, so I might as well go first. Okay. Because I don't currently have any long-term positions. I've been... I went 
really buck wild with with trade options on the wheel. It, it's it, it was it was a good time for me. I don't I regret nothing. But uh, since we had the conversation this morning, mm-hmm. my I, I am gonna I am gonna build uh, my long term portfolio again, and my long term portfolio consists of TQQQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a triple leveraged Nasdaq. And I know right right now it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. But uh, I like the Nasdaq, the tech stocks better than the S and P. It's just personal preference, uh, right? And then uh, I like MJ because I want an ETF in, in marijuana, and uh, I, I I might have to flip a coin between the Arc Robotics and the Arc Space. Uh, but wasn't of, the Arc Space heavily invested in the Arc Robotics? Uh, if it, I, I don't know. What was it? I think I saw where one of those was actually invested in one of our other funds. I'll I'll see if I can dig that up and post it to the Discord channel. Okay. Well, then, then in that case, it'll be just Arc. That should, yeah. Uh, that'll that'll d- <laughs> tell you which one to get. <laughs> I haven't obviously. I haven't moved into these yet. But like I said, we we just talked about this this morning, so uh, I'm I'm kind of playing catch up. But I did like the. We obviously we have to make the move, uh, uh, and so so those are those are. I, I like maybe three or four, but I'm just gonna. I want to stick to three, and then mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna put. Uh, I figure I've got enough money in in the options to to, to fuel itself now. Uh, my fresh monies that I deposit each month, I'm gonna go back to splitting between the three, in, in, in and then balance them each month as as much as I can. Uh, the the balancing is, is as we talked about before, so important. Like if if right. if MJ like MJ had that spike when, and and it was like oh okay well now my MJ like it spiked so so much so fast it's worth thirty five percent more than all my other holdings. They used to all be worth about the same. Well, if I would have sold down to balance everything and bought into the other ones when MJ went down. I would have mm-hmm. locked in those gains. So I really so so that that'll be my quest going forward with those three Arc X M J T Q Q Q Q. I've said this before, I'll just want to make sure I say it again. If you are doing the rebalancing like that, and if this is a personal stock portfolio, just make sure you keep in mind that there may be some tax implications with that. Yes. Yes. In order to lock in those long term tax You'll have rates. To realize gains. You can't yeah. you can't sell any. Maybe I need to sit down this week and consider whether I want to be a rebalancer or just the dragon hoarding the pile. You know, dragon never wants to get rid of any gold. I think rebalancing is useful, but you may want to look at opening up like a Roth account for your long term. If you're not planning on needing it anytime soon, then you might want to look at just putting it in some sort of tax sheltered vehicle so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I know that's the wise thing to do, but I just don't like the idea of not being able to close it out if I wanted to. Well, with uh, with the Roth, you can still pull the the principal out at a certain point. Like you can't take out the gains, but you can take out your principal, and there's no implications. There's no penalty on that. Oh, well, that changes everything. What do you got for us in investing? Um, again, I didn't do a whole lot of moves as far as investing does, but I did go through my portfolio because I've got a new trading strategy that I'm trying to develop and test out. That I'll be talking about more in the next segment, but. I did identify some of the stocks that I'm considering closing out and some of the ones that are my untouchables. These are the stocks that I want to hold for, you know, till retirement mm-hmm. for either reasons being that they have just incredible gains, market growth, or really great dividend return rates. And I'll go ahead and list those here and let you comment on them if you want. Okay. Uh, I've got Salesforce, Activision, Enterprise Productions, EPD. <laughs> it's an oil pipeline company, but it kicks out like a 7 or 8% dividend every month or three months. Oh, wow. Uh, fucking love that company. Um, AT&T, I'd consider getting rid of them after that news that they're opposing fiber, but a 6% dividend return. Uh, no, I'll hold on to that. Uh, British Petroleum, same thing. They got about 5 or 6% right now. Uh, Philip Morrison, MO, another company that's over 5% dividend return. Markel, it's an insurance company. It's trades for it's really expensive stock, but I picked it up back when people were comparing it towards like the Buffett mm-hmm. industry when he first started out. And so I've just been holding on to it since then. And then I think also insurance 
after this pandemic, those are going to be the ones that start reaping some of the rewards here sooner. So I want to hold on to that one for a long time. And then my favorite, Cresco Labs. Still oh, holding yeah. that one. Oh, and yeah. I plan on. I may sell off a portion of that at some point just to take some of the profits out of it and maybe redistribute it. But I'm still liking the, the, the prospects of that company. So those are the ones that are my my core holdings in my investment portfolio. Uh, some of the ones that I'm looking at closing out just because they don't necessarily, well, one, I need to free up some capital and mm-hmm. two, they don't, they're trading at highs already at this point, And I don't think that necessarily long-term I need to keep them all, but there's three main ones that I identified. And first one being new core, as we mentioned, when you were talking about it hitting its highs, I had been following that or owning it for, you know, the last 13 years and hasn't done a goddamn thing. Yeah. Until just recently. So maybe now's the time to cash out while it's at that high and push it into something else. I agree. Uh, and the other two are Procter and Gamble and Johnson and Johnson. And I've held both of those for a long time, but they're both the same industry. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to hold both of them. I uh, I actually like Procter and Gamble more than Johnson and Johnson because Procter and Gamble has a wider set of uh, mm-hmm. businesses that they're in. But uh, also Johnson and Johnson's had a lot of uh, negative press on their vaccine. Just recently, too, that I think the stock has taken a bit of a hit on. So I may just close that one out just for that reason. There you go. But that also could be a good time to buy. Right. Maybe close Procter & Gamble and buy more Johnson & Johnson. I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, the news hasn't gotten really bad yet. It was just one test site or maybe two test sites that have been closed down. That's something that could get a lot worse here soon. And then uh, some of the other holdings that are going towards my new options strategy, which I'll be talking about later. Well, I'll talk about that in the next yeah, segment. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about investing, though, was an idea I had browsing through Twitter. I saw David Modell talking about the VIX being at, like a super low value right now and it being a great opportunity to hedge. Mm. So the VXX is trading at just under, or just, I think it was around 1050 a share right now. We talked about that way back when it was trading a lot higher about how you know if something crashes that thing's going to spike up because that's all about investor confidence yeah uh it makes sense to me that maybe we should be putting a small percentage of any gains that we make into that as kind of a tax on ourselves rather than holding free cash in your account which you don't don't really earn anything on when the vxx is super cheap like this it might make sense to put a lot of that extra capital into the vxx because one, if you're, you know, the market crashes, you want to have cash on hand to be able to, you know, pick up everything at those juicy discounts that you get, right? Right. But if you can then put it in something that if the market crashes is going to, you know, quintuple your money, that just gives you that much more power to buy. Because buying at the low, obviously, is where you want to buy it. Right. And we're just parking cash that we're going to be using to, to acquire shit later anyway. So why not put it something that's going to really shoot up? If something bad happens, that also isn't really going to, it's going to happen at some point, right? It's not like shorting the market where you have to pay a price to do that. My question is, is can the VIX go to zero? Can the value of those VIX shares ever, like what's, what's its floor? I, I don't know. And that's why I want to talk to Friesen when we do our call with him next week. I want to ask him a little bit more about that idea. But I don't think so, because I think it's just a measure of short-term volatility. That's just, there's going to be some. If that share value can never go to zero, then I do. I really like the idea of thinking of it as like a personal insurance tax. Right. Uh, it's not an option that can expire. So yep. uh, uh, if you think of it with the dragon mentality of it doesn't matter what the price it is, you know, you, you're We're buying just gonna cost average it. a unit to in, per it, uh, one unit equals some insurance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of, of having having shares in the VIX as, as your, your oh shit fund. Yep. So that's that's part of my new strategy going forward is when I start, uh, as, as I'm executing this options plan, I'm going to be pumping money into the VIX too. Any overages that I make are going to go into that. So that way, in case something does happen, I don't lose my capital. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a bad call. All right. Um, I do have a list of earnings. Uh, Kyle, before before we get to earnings, I, I really want to... Uh, I want to go over my uh, my momentum list real quick. Okay. Before we move yeah, on. let's hear We're going to do earnings, and then we're going to do uh, talk about trading. So uh, I will admit, full disclosure, my file that I downloaded from the list of 52-week highs on the 8th on Thursday was corrupted, and uh, I didn't find that out till Friday because I just downloaded it and was like, I'll do the list tomorrow. 
uh, you know, uh, like a responsible person. And uh, yeah. so, so I did make an assumption here. Full disclosure, I assumed if it was on the list Wednesday and on the list Friday, that it was probably on the list Thursday. That's uh, a big assumption, but okay. Well, well, watching the way the market was running too, the market was up Thursday and Friday also. So yeah, you're probably probably safe. So any anyway, we ha- we have four companies that have five or more consecutive days of new 52-week highs. Uh, the first one is financial company BGC Partners. Their stock ticker mm-hmm. is BGCP. Every day this week, new 52-week mm. high. Uh, the next one is Cara Therapeutics. It's a healthcare company, C-A-R-A, five, five days in a row. Then another financial company, U.S. Global Investors, G-R-O-W, five days in a row. And then the all-star of the week, H&R Block, H-R-B, eight oh. days in a row. Eight tax season. Fucking days in a row. Yeah, tax, how season. Long, tax season. How long do you think their stock's going to keep climbing? Uh, uh, probably not too much longer. They probably yeah. have earnings coming up. Whenever their earnings happens, it'll probably crash. <laughs> <laughs> if history has taught us anything. That's right. Oh, well, speaking of earnings, I, I hear a new season's about to start. My motto's always been when I'm right. Right, so I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way Skyrockets in sight Earnings call to light Earnings call to light Yeah, so a lot of banks Hitting the list, I think J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, PNC, BK, Alley, all happening uh, next week. Oh, wow. Uh, a couple that aren't those, I'll just go through real quick. On Monday, we've got Afria, one of the MJ companies. Yeah. On the 13th, we have Fastenal, one of my favorite for investing. I used to own a bunch of shares in that. I think I closed them out a while ago, though. I might be getting more at some point. Uh, OGI, it's on the 13th oh, as well. Oh, yes. Your favorite? Yes, I have shares. Bed Bath & Beyond will be on the 14th. Pepsi on the 15th. And TSM also on the 15th. With the semiconductor shortage, uh, TSM. People, there, I think there's a lot of uh, options alerts that have been popping up on them too. I think I wrote down at least one of them. Uh, I, think, I think definitely with the semiconductor shortage, I would imagine their sales... Revenue numbers are going up because what semiconductors they do have are, are more expensive. They're probably also selling a lot of them off in the future too, so their order book should be really packed full. Oh yeah, I think that's the key. It's not necessarily what they've sold now; it's that they're probably booked to capacity for the near future. Sounds 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 uh sounds promising. Do you want to do the uh, options alerts right after the earning? Um, yeah, why not? We'll go ahead and just put lump all three of those together. Momentum earnings yeah, and alerts. Yeah. Seems like a good idea. All right. Um, let's see. First one that stuck out was LI. I don't know who that is. Uh, May 21st though, $22 put at $1.75 a contract. Bullish sentiment, $830,000 invested in that oh, or wow. received from writing those contracts. I think was the way it was worded. Uh, Oracle also May 21st. Uh, $72.50 put at $1.54 contract, $616,000, again with bullish sentiment. And then, as I mentioned just a minute ago, TSM, uh, April 16th, so that's next week expiration, $135 call sweep. And as we mentioned the other day, a sweep means that somebody wanted this right now. They don't care what the price was. They put a market order in. Just gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been trying to make note of when a sweep pops up because I think that's more indicative of somebody who wants it now because they think something's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, those contracts cost $0.32 cents a share. It was, uh, let's see, $70,000 worth, and it was bearish. So, Again, you don't know if somebody's buying these or selling them necessarily. I don't think it really specified that. Uh, let's see, what was the other one? Weemi, W-I-M-I. Also, April 16th, a $7.50 call sweep at $0.40 cents a contract. And someone put 41500 on that. That oh, one wow. was bullish. So, add these to my list to track. I need to go back through and look at some of the ones since we last reported on that. I want to see how those numbers are are continuing to add up if we're still seeing the same fail rate, I guess, on these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that should wrap up 
M A E M E A Mia or Mia round or AIM <laughs> or EMA or EAM. Momentums and earnings alerts. Oh my! Momentums and earnings alerts. Oh my! Yeah, exactly. We'll get we'll there. get this cut into something that makes sense, folks. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll do it together. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll be helping. Both hands on the mouse. I'll tell you what doesn't work, Dan. <laughs> Just like oh. the show. Just like the show. All right, well, let's move on and talk about some trading. Though I'm going to play right, the options the... song because I don't have yeah, a new song fine. yet. So we'll have one. We'll have one soon. Bear with us, folks. A little less conversation, a little more ratings, please. All this volatility just ain't bothering me. A little more puts, a little less small, a little less puts, a little more calls. Cause they're trading up and up your ears, baby. It's time for trading. It's time for trading, baby. <laughs> I uh, I I had I I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of movement this week. I mm-hmm. I definitely moved out of that Ktos call on Monday. Oh uh, God damn it! Oh oh, Kyle, do you still have that those Ktos calls? Yeah, we'll talk about that in the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yep. Uh, I I sold some sundial puts. And and uh, uh, as they I, some one dollar puts because it was dropping down and I was like one dollar is a good uh, good bottom for that you know that's a good resistance mm-hmm. line and then uh, I sold the puts and then it dipped below a dollar and it's it it popped back up around a dollar but the value of the puts has continued to increase with the time oh because of the volatility so uh, I did not sell those for as much as I could have and I'm I'm regretting that. But uh, uh, and on top of that, uh, at the beginning of the week, uh, I came across a Benzinga article because I had the WWR shares that uh, mm-hmm. that was talking about short squeeze possibilities in GPRE, ITP, and WWR. So I looked up the other two companies because I thought, oh, sweet. Well, I already have shares in WWR. So I looked up ITP, and they are an Asian paper company. They make, like, cardboard and stuff for factories mm-hmm. to make boxes. They are penny stock. They're, they're trading at uh, 62 cents a share. They do trade mm-hmm. options, though, I noticed. That's interesting. I, I saw that they have, uh, they only have a $70 million market cap. <laughs> and uh, I thought to myself, to, I want to I trade on this company because that's, that's one whale away. That's one Martin Screlly, K-boy. KBOI uh, saying, "Hey, I I ha- I can afford to lock up these shares and cause a squeeze." Uh, so so I bought 500 shares uh, uh, and and actually sold some calls. I sold three covered calls. <laughs> you should you should be tweeting that stock to Tesla or to Elon Musk, right? Because if he tweets that out, that stock will be worth hundreds of dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the reason I went ahead with it was I saw that there were options to trade. So I figured uh, if I can pick up 100 shares at $0.62 cents a share and then sell a $1 covered call for $5, well, mm-hmm. that sounds good to me. You know, it's not a full 10%, but it's, it's, it's close. And, right. and uh, uh, if the shares get called away, all right. If, yeah. if that company goes to zero, well, I didn't exactly put a ton of money in. You know, it's it's still ultimately pretty low risk because it is a right. penny stock. I don't normally trade the penny stocks, but if they have options on them, I will definitely consider them. <laughs> 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 and that's a, that's that's pretty much all I really did. I sold an OG OCG another OCG input because mm-hmm. um, they OCG. they looked, oh, okay yeah they, they looked really tasty. Yeah, they've been falling a lot lately. Uh, yeah, that's why the put They're was worth so much. hovering right at my buy point. I still have a couple hundred shares. I got calls, $12 calls that are $12.50, $12.50 calls that are expiring uh, next week. So I'm looking to, excited to see what I can get for the next set. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, okay. Yeah, so what all did you do, Kyle? So I started testing out a new plan where I'm looking to try to generate monthly income just selling contracts. I'm looking to sell covered calls and cash-secured puts, the two of the least risky types of strategies. Um, I went through, I cultivated a list, uh, some of the stocks that I already held that made it onto my list. I'll go through them here real quick. 
Space, uh, Virgin Galactic, SPCE, JMIA, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, BBBY, uh, JWN or Nordstrom, F-Cell, NNDM, OCGN, and WWR. Actually, OCGN wasn't. That's oh yeah yeah okay. Well, it's not going to be in my long-term plans. I think once I get rid of those shares, we'll be done with. But those are some of the ones I held. Uh, I took BP off of that list that I initially put out in the Discord because the dividend rate was too high. I also had BGS on that list, and I didn't realize until this morning when I was looking up how it did that apparently BGS has a higher dividend rate than BP. So <laughs> that one may be coming off too. <laughs> but yeah, I put together a list of like ten stocks to specialize in. Uh, as you know, David Modell said that he likes to recommend when people uh, uh, come to him for coaching. And I probably didn't do the other side of that where he says to pick, you know, like boo chips that don't really move a whole lot because I have a target that I'm trying to reach here. Mm-hmm. My idea is if I can generate enough monthly income doing this, I can actually replace my income from work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic, right? That's the dream. Yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my plan here is to try to prove this out on a smaller scale. About uh, I was trying to do it at like a tenth scale, but it actually ended up being closer to like a quarter, <laughs> just based on the value of the stocks that I already owned. Right. But uh, So I went through, uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to target $0.25 cents per contract for each $5 increment in share value. So that means if a stock is trading at $5, I want to be able to sell contracts at $0.25. Cents. It's trading at $10, I want to make $0.50 cents a contract. Yeah. You want to make 5%. So I'm trying to target that. That's not necessarily going to be a hard and fast rule. I just want it all to average to that. Yep. So with that in mind, this is what I traded as the first steps to try to prove this out. Uh, Sonos, these are all 521 expiration dates, by the way. Okay. Uh, Sonos, $45 calls. I sold at $2.05. BGS, $27.50 puts at $0.80. Uh, PLTR, that's another one that I really like that's on my list, uh, $23 puts at $1.75. Nordstrom, $5.21, calls at $1.55. And Westwater Resources, $5.21, $5 puts at $0.71. I had a couple others on there that I tried to get executed that just couldn't get the price on. That's one of the issues that I was starting to run into is that I may have to drop some of these off of the list that don't get a whole lot of volume on them just because it's harder to trade the contracts Yeah, to, to be able to even sell them to get my price point. Yeah. So that's some of the fine tuning that I have to do with it. Um, that's also why I was talking about that VIX tax because uh, the risk in trying to do this is that if there's a sudden drop, then I lose a lot of my capital and I don't want to be converting my capital into monthly income that just doesn't that's not going to sustain me so if i can use the vix to hedge against a big drop then if there is a big drop i sell out the vix and then i use that to bolster my capital account and just keep moving forward actually too i mentioned space as being on my list but i've actually decided against selling any puts or calls on it this month uh because of that test flight coming up in may i think that's too big of a catalyst to risk selling puts on also it could really severely limit my calls because i think that that has the potential to really, really move that stock. And the premiums just weren't worth, weren't worth it in my mind for what I think that thing can do. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to figure out a way to sell options contracts to replace my monthly salary. Me too, but I'm just a little bit further away from you. But luckily, my monthly salary is also smaller, so I have, I have less, to, <laughs> less point. To, to make a month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this stupid house. <laughs> <laughs> God, who knew things cost money? Ugh, I know, worst. it's ridiculous. But yeah, so, I mean, it's exciting. I'm uh, hoping to be able to report to everybody here something that might actually work. You know, initial prospects on it look really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. Real quick, uh, Kyle, before we move on from trading, I wanted to remind mm-hmm. our listeners, uh, Chris Borman, his options technique of, of purchasing on the ninth business day, selling on the 11th, purchasing second to last business day, selling on the fourth of the business day of the next month. Uh, this Wednesday is the ninth business day of the month. So I'm going to be looking to okay. buy some calls on one of the uh, index average. Uh, e- did you yeah. did you go back through and look and see how that strategy would have worked over the last, uh, I don't know, like three months? Did I paper trade the last three months? No, I paper traded the last two months. By lo- look? loading charts, it looked looked good. Yeah, 
looked like you got got some pretty pretty stable steady bumps all right that seems like it's worth a test then so uh yeah yeah uh do your due which, diligence which one are you gonna buy uh you upro upro which one's that so upro is like uh uh the s p but it's triple leveraged Okay. So, U-Pro. so it's U P R O. That's the one I'm looking at. It has options. Yeah, well, I'm gonna look to buy them and hold them a couple days and see if. Uh... So real quick, Dan. Uh, as far as the paper trading rules go, does yep. that mean I have to paper trade it too if I do it, or can I just trust in yours? That means you you can't trust me. <laughs> I'm not a trustworthy source. <laughs> well, you are to me. Well, I trusted Chris Borman when he said it worked, but you told me I had to paper trade it. Yeah, but I hadn't known Chris oh, Borman for oh, 20 years. I've oh. known you for a long time. No, you definitely have to paper trade it yourself. Do oh, not trust bullshit. me. Do not trust me. Okay. Do not trust me. You, you just don't you, want me to blame you if it doesn't you work. You <laughs> want to trust me with your money? You've known me for over 20 years. When has that ever I'm been not, a good idea? <laughs> you make an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dan's standing next to the fire. Hand him some dollar bills. See what he does with it. <laughs> I'm so oh, cold. <laughs> anyway, all, right. all right, let's move on. Kyle, you know what that uh, brings us to? I think it's time that to right start thing, wrapping up. Right over there, behind you. That noise. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't do a whole lot, but I I definitely have a good. But uh, I feel like I want to I want to hear your good first. Oh, my good is putting together this plan, uh, identifying a mix of, mix of stocks that I already had familiarity with. Mm-hmm. I watched them all week before executing, and I say all week like that's a long time, but I've been watching these stocks for a long time too. Yes. Um, I didn't start executing anything until I started on Thursday and I finished off on Friday. And yeah, if this works out, then I actually have a path to to quitting a job I hate, uh, and that feels fucking great. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is fucking that is fucking amazing. What was your good? My good was that I didn't do anything ugly this week. <laughs> oh, that's good. When I was going over everything I did for the week for my good, I realized like, okay, I didn't have any like stellar big wins. Mm-hmm. Everything was just steady, Freddy, Freddy steady, whatever. But then I realized because of that, like, hey, wait, I don't have an ugly. Like, nothing happened to me this week. That's kind of what you want. Right? I didn't, I didn't yeah. make any big trading mistakes. I didn't get emotional. You know, I, I avoided everything I needed to avoid. So that, that, that's my good, for sure, hands down. Uh, that's awesome. That's, that's growth. Uh, my bad. Um, remember our shop rules? Yeah. Remember how we said we should, uh, we should paper trade everything before we yep. test it out? Yeah, I didn't do that, per, per se. i feel better about jumping in like i have because we've had i do have data on uh, options in general and i have been selling contracts and getting a feel for how all this works so um I don't know. Is that bad? Should I paper trade this for a month before I actually jumped into it? Uh, you know, I had pushback on the you should always paper trade rule because I, I feel like I don't emotionally learn uh, the lessons uh, as well. But if, if you I recall, don't... I wasn't talking about necessarily trading it now for like, like, oh, what yeah, I yeah, just yeah, said yeah, here. yeah. Okay. Like, do um, you think I did enough research in order to? to fully jump into this like I did. I'll tell you I'll tell you why I actually do believe you did. Because uh I looked at your list and the they are mm-hmm. all stocks I've heard you talking about for a while now. So I know yep. that you have a, a an instinctual understanding of how those stocks tend to behave at least within the last uh since we started doing this with last right. summer. Uh so so I think based on how the wheel works, the strategy of the wheel uh, you've done your due diligence. Like you don't need to go back and say, "Okay, could I have sold options on on uh, this this company six months ago? Would that have made money?" Like, no, we know you right. get an income from selling options. Like, we don't need to paper trade to figure that out. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's what I had down. I figured it'd be a good discussion. If nothing there, else. There you go. Did you have a bad? Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I got antsy and uh, I thought sundial is not gonna dip below one and i sold those puts and then like it did and then it did 
and it was just me being impatient. Like I, I was, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I need to do something to help this portfolio, right? <laughs> I, I, like every day, I'm looking at open up Ameritrade, and I'm like, okay, can I make the trade today? And uh, I, if I'd waited longer, I would have gotten gotten higher. I know, I know, it was bad because I had I had set the trade as good, good, you know, good till close, and I went mm-hmm. in and changed the price oh, I've done and that. lowered it to make it go I've through. Done that. Yeah, I yeah. was like, no, I want them now. I want to sell them now. <laughs> With the Westwater ones, I was trying to sell. It was the bid ask was seventy cents and seventy five cents on the ask. I had it at seventy five for most of the day on Friday, mm-hmm. and did nothing. So then I bumped it down to I think seventy three, and still nothing. Finally, I went to seventy two. I tried to do seventy two fifty, nothing yeah, there. Yeah. Then I put it to seventy one because I know it would go through at seventy. So I was like, well, maybe I can at least get the cost of the you know the the fees. Yeah. paid for if i put the extra cent in there yeah finally i went back and checked and they could close like an hour later but that just shows you how hard some of these are to, to trade contracts on there's a five cent spread but yet i couldn't get an extra penny out of it mm-hmm. that's ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well so you just said you have no ugly i have no ugly what was yours all right well we kind of alluded to it a minute ago um you asked me about Katos on, I think, Monday or mm-hmm. Tuesday if I got mm-hmm. rid of them yet. And I was like, uh, they started kind of showing some positive movement. I still have hope. Uh, no, it wasn't the hope. I was, I was thinking I'd just give it a couple more days just to see where it did. I was like, oh, I got a week on these. Yep. Uh, yeah, I forgot all about them by the time <laughs> the week ended. In fact, I remembered it as I was filling out the good, the bad, and the ugly. I was like, fuck, Katos. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, I'm still holding those contracts that are probably going to be worthless by the time Monday comes around. <laughs> oh, and to 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 put it in full context, uh, <laughs> I did several times of the week rib you and say, "Hey, you still got you those Ktos calls?" You did, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not for a second think that uh, that you would still have them when we recorded the show. This is awesome. I didn't either. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Because oh, I was just going to close them out on Friday, like no matter where they were at. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll take whatever I can get. I, I closed mine out on Monday uh, for, oh, I want to say like a 65% loss. <laughs> Something big. Yeah, I'm Stupid probably <laughs> sitting at, actually, probably not too far from that. It's probably about 80% right now. Yeah, I just looked up the value of your calls there at uh, 25 cents. Okay, so I gained a, gained a little bit from Thursday. <laughs> there you go all right all right dan it's time for some betting action here oh it's time for a new bet Kyle, you're going to get to go first because you have the honors being the biggest um, loser. Damn it. I'm torn between my bet pick here. I've got two that I got to try to choose between. I've got Palantir because Kathy Woods is just buying that stock like a maniac. Right. And I've also got uh, Nano Dimensions, uh, NNDM, that our friend David Modell just posted a nice article about it being maybe the time to jump into it. I think it's also sporting a really healthy short percentage. Oh, yeah? Uh, over 50% right now. Really? Yeah. I feel like I got... I bet... I, I picked Palantir before. I know I picked NNDM and it burned me too, but that was before Palantir, so we'll keep it fresh. I'll go with uh, NNDM. That'll be my pick. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I kind of want a short NMDM. I know, right? <laughs> like, we've you never done against... that before, and I'm like, oh. I've been saving it for when I'm in the lead. I've been wanting to do that when I'm in I the lead. I am in the lead. <laughs> oh. But I, I, That'll I, be fun. Yeah, it would be, but I already wrote, I already penciled in a bet pick, though. All right, what'd you, well, what was it? It is BGCP. I know that, uh, uh, it's, know that one. it's the BGC Partners <laughs> Incorporated. Uh, uh, they're, they're the financial company that's uh, been hitting, hitting the, the new highs. 
Was it one of the ones you mentioned in your uh, momentum list, or are you hiding them? It was. I did not. I did not hide them. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought when I looked at all the momentum lists because uh, that's my favorite place to get bet picks from. Uh, cause, yeah, because they're moving. Uh, I I want H and R Block. They've had eight in a row, but I feel like if I pick, that's the obvious choice. You know, they're a big, well-known company. Uh, tax season, eight days in a row. Like, it's, I feel like if I pick them, the next week is when they fall down off this epic run. This will be the week they pull back, though. Uh, but uh, BGC Partners, they've had five days, days in a row, and like they're just now hitting to where they were uh, before they started their slip at the beginning of January 2020. So I feel mm-hmm. like like I'm betting on a company that's uh, that's just coming back around, and and that's more likely than just the seasonal H&R block. So, yeah, I'm gonna go right. B- BGCP. All right, I just pulled up a random uh, ZNTL Zentails Pharmaceutical. They had half a million on Friday. Uh, that was double their ten day average. Oh yeah, that one looks fine. Also, looks like it didn't have a great week either. Random is ZNTL. Okay. Yeah. Why? Didn't have a good week, so it's probably oh, about to reported, rebound. No, they reported uh, shitty earnings, uh, but that was back on the 25th. wonder if they have a drug that's not working. <laughs> Zentails Pharmaceutical, folks. ZNTL for the random. All right. Well, Kyle, that's, uh, that's going to bring us to... <sighs> to the end of the show you know it always makes me sad when i gotta say goodbye to everybody yeah i know but hey we get to do it again oh my tomorrow. goodness we do we get to do it again tomorrow when we talk to with richard richard friesen all right well folks we're so glad you made it to the end of the show with us uh i'm putting on my smoking jacket and my slippers and i'm i'm getting ready for bed i'm getting ready to go uh <laughs> Wrap some shrimp and get ready to grill in the rain. <laughs> oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. We, we want to thank you again for being here. And if you like our show, let us know by rating and subscribing on your platform of choice. And uh, let all your friends know it's a big shop. The more the merrier. We want to have them all in here. And also, if you, uh, anything you write on Apple Reviews, we will read. That's right. Give us your That's Apple Reviews. Guarantee. Uh, apparently, I've been... Uh, co-opted into this new guarantee where i have i to said read i would read reviews. it i said oh. i would read it oh yeah then you said you were gonna make a review just for me to read well yeah you're not gonna read my review <laughs> i can't read my own review that doesn't make any sense how will i know kyle how will i know <laughs> oh i'll tell you oh oh all right stay tuned folks we'll be back again soon uh with nor china shop action And until then, as always, happy trades. Bye, folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.